Hey Impact, hope you're well. Welcome to church. So good to see you in church. Please turn to your neighbor and just tell them, welcome home, welcome to Impact. Come on, do it to somebody. Maybe that neighbor on the left didn't believe you, so turn over the other side and just tell that particular person, welcome home, welcome to Impact Church. Well, Impact, without further ado, we have a guest preacher in the house. We have a speaker in the house. She's like family to us. Pastor Serena's comes all the way from Florida, but she's from right here in the Boston area. She's a powerful woman of God, a mother, a conference speaker. She also hosts an amazing conference called Complete Woman. Powerful, powerful woman of God. Without further ado, Impact, please stand on your feet, put your hands together, and help me welcome Pastor Serena's Lopez here at Impact Church. God bless you. Hey, hey, good morning. Man, it's good to be in the house of the Lord. You may be seated. I am honored. I am excited to be with you this morning. Um, when, when we say God works in mysterious ways, God does work in mysterious ways. Uh, there was no agenda. There was no pre-planning. But isn't it great when we, when we allow God to order our steps? And so I count it a privilege and an honor to be with my friends, Pastor Zenzo and Michelle, because she's awesome. But you guys know that already. And so I am just excited to see, to see what, I, I follow you guys on Instagram. Like I'm a stalker. I am a Florida stalker. And I'm like, oh man, look at that. God's doing great things. And, and I'm just excited. But you know why? Because I, 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 I receive joy when I see what God is doing here. Because your victory is my victory. Amen. And so it's, again, I'm excited to be here and I'm just going to jump right in and I'm going to share what I have to share with you um, this morning. Um, back, into, back in 2005, 2004, the Lord uh, put in my heart to start a women's conference. I had no idea what he was talking about. You know, because God is God and he does what he wants to do. And so he kind of threw this idea at me. And I'm like, God, I don't know what you're saying. I don't know what you're talking about. So I went, I ended up being in Florida for vacation and uh, friends of mine were having a women's conference and I told my husband, I said, you know what, I, I feel like I need to stay. And so he said, okay, well, I'll take the kids and, and you, you go to the conference. So I'm, I'm at the conference and I see a friend that I haven't seen in a while. So I go over to her and I go over to hug her and at that moment, the lady that's speaking says, um, just pray for the person next to you. And so she begins to pray and all of a sudden I hear there are women that are hungry and you need to feed them. There are women that are thirsty and you need to give them to drink. I opened my eyes. I was like, wait, who said that? And so it kind of stuck with me and, you know, she prayed. She just prayed her prayer. Months later, we're at another event and my husband and I were at a pastor's event and they asked all the pastors to come up for prayer. So there we are and there's God again. The, pastor that's, the pastor's wife that's praying, she says the same words. There are women that are hungry and you need to feed them. There are women that are thirsty and you need to give them to drink. And then I started to realize that God really was asking me to do something. And so what he asked me to do was do a women's conference right here in, in Massachusetts. We were in Milford for 10 years. We saw God do amazing things. Um, and so that had, uh, back in 2005 when we started, my husband was like, oh, you need to speak. And I said, well, God didn't say speak. God told me to do a conference. So I'm going to just do the conference. And he goes, well, no, if God gave you the baby, then you have to go. No, 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 no. I will lead worship and I'll prepare the atmosphere and I'll get these amazing women to come and let them speak into the people. And my husband just kept pushing me, pushing me, not in a bad way, but in a way that I needed to be pushed. Because if I didn't have that push, I wouldn't have moved where God wanted me to move to. And so I remember speaking and I remember I was so nervous and 
I got through it. And then about a month later, my husband says, hey, there's a pastor in California that would like you to go speak. And I said, yeah, no, 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 that's just not for me. And he's like, it's a good opportunity. Why don't you go? I said, okay. Well, mind you, I had one message in my pocket. You know what I mean? What I shared at Complete Women at 2005, that's all I had. I said, okay, I'm going to go. He had a couple churches. And so just like God, one of the churches wanted me back. I was like, no, no, I can't go. I don't have anything else to say. God only gave me one message. <laughs> and so I remember that, that night just kind of going before the Lord. And I had my Bible and I'm like, speak to me, Lord. You know, have you done it? Like, speak to me, God. Yeah, no, I don't want to hear that. Speak to me again. You know, and so it brought me to 1 Samuel chapter 25, which is what I want to share with you this morning. And, and as, as I was reading it, these, these actions just kind of sprung out in me. And I am not the wisest person in the world. I am not the wisest woman in the world. But I am learning to apply some actions, some tools into my life that will allow me to be the wise woman that God has created me to be. Now, all the men are probably saying, well, great, I picked the wrong Sunday to come to. No, because these actions are for everyone. It just so happened that the book is, there's a book. Um, and it's called Seven Actions of a Wise Woman. But these actions, if you apply them into your life, it doesn't matter if you're young, old. It doesn't matter if you're a man or a woman. Or a woman. It doesn't matter if you're 12, 13, or 14. It doesn't matter because the actions will help us to be who God has called us to be. All right? So that's what we're going to talk about for a few minutes. But before we do that, we say, Father, this is your time. This is your moment. And so we just come humbly before your presence. Speak what you need spoken. Father, I pray that you bless us through your word, that you encourage us through your word, but also that you kind of bother us through your word so that we may get aligned to what your word is asking us to do. Bring confirmation through this word. Bring healing through this word, Lord God. And that above all and above anything else, your name and only your name be glorified. And we pray this in the wonderful, mighty name of Jesus Christ. All right, I don't know why I get to cry. I talked to God about that, but he, because um, there's no reason to cry. So I tell God, I said, God, why do I have to cry? I'm not even saying anything sad. Like, I'm excited. So if I shared a couple of tears, and you know, then just forgive me. But, all right. We're going to have fun. All right, so Proverbs 14 once says, a wise woman builds her home, but a foolish woman tears it down with her own hands. So I went and I said, you know what, I'm going to be speaking to the church. Let me find something else for the men. Proverbs 9.9 says, give instructions to a wise man and he will still be wiser. Teach a righteous man and he will increase his learning. All right. And then Proverbs 24.3 says, by wisdom a house is built and by understanding it is established. And so that's what we're going to talk about. Seven actions that are going to help you to become a better person, a wiser person, a loving person. So 1 Samuel 25 takes us to the story of King David where Samuel had already died. And, and for those of you that do not know the story, I don't have time to give you all the summary. But go ahead and read all of 1 Samuel. man. It, it's, it's a quick read. It's a good read. It's good stories in there. But Samuel 25, uh, Samuel has died and David is fleeing from King Saul. Because King Saul had gotten so jealous of him that King Saul, uh, that David had to flee or King, uh, King Saul would have had him killed. And so he finds himself in the wilderness with his men. And he tells his men, he tells 10 of his young men, hey, why don't you go up to, now is it, I, I, 
I'm a Spanish person, so sometimes my names in English don't matter. Do you guys say Nabal or Nabal? Nabal in the Bible. Nabal. Okay. Because I don't want to be like, that girl said his name wrong all the time. I'd rather ask and be right. So Nabal. All right, so he goes, go to Nabal and go ask him and say, hey, would you share some food with us pretty much? And so these guys, the ten young guys, they go over to him and they say, hey, you know, we're coming from David and he's asking if you would share your food with us. And he was like, well, uh, well, who does David think he is? Uh, who am I to share what I have with him? Well, the news gets back to David and David wasn't hungry. He was hangry. How many people get hangry? Right? And so he said, you know what? All right. All right. 400 of you, strap your swords because we're going to go and we're not only going to kill Nabal, we're going to destroy his family. And this is where we're at. Uh, verse, um, let me get to, uh, da, 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 da. verse, we're at verse 14, 15. David sent messengers from the wilderness to give our masters his greetings, but he hurled insults at us. Yet these men were very good to us. They did not. Here is where the, the, the servant comes to Abigail. All right. Heard what's going on, and he's coming with some good news. Isn't it good to get some, well, not, no, get some warning, get a warning. And isn't it good when we're warned about what's happening, right? You, nobody likes to be ambushed. And so the, the servant goes into Abigail, and he's telling her, listen, they were good to us. When we served in the wilderness, when we were shearing our sheep, they did good to us. They protected us. And now Nabal does not want to share his food. And I hear that David is very upset, and he's going to come, and he's going to kill the whole family. And so it brought me to think that the first action of a, pro, of, a, of a wise person, of anyone, is to reflect. The moment that we do not reflect, we overreact. And we, and my husband will tell, will tell you, I have my moments of overreacting. And at the end of the day, when I look to see what happened, it wasn't for good, it was for bad, because I overreacted when instead I needed to reflect. You guys are in a time of Shabbat where God is speaking to you to find rest for your soul, to find rest for your spirit, to find rest, even physical rest, right? And so here's a time of reflection will get you there. There are many ministers that are burnt out, that are hurting because they haven't reflected enough to understand that they needed a break. Listen, a lot of churches don't do what Impact is doing right now with this, with this sermon of, of, of rest and Shabbat. They don't do that. And so what you find is that people get tired, they get burnt out, and the littlest things will send them home. So a time of rest for your spirit is so healthy for you because when you take that rest, you come back stronger. So would it reflect to think quickly and calmly. Take the time and rest. When news comes your way, don't overreact. And don't think that you have all the answers. You got one side of the story. That's all you have. And just because you got one side of the story and it happens to be yours doesn't mean that you're right. There's always another side to the story. So when you reflect, when you take time to look at the big picture, when you take time to reflect, it brings you to your knees. It brings you to prayer. It brings you to conversations with God where you can actually reflect and ask God, what do I do? Because there are moments that reflection doesn't mean to do something. Reflection means to stop and rest. And then there are moments where God says, no, go ahead and do. So when you reflect, you are able to just see the whole picture. Don't live a life of regret because of, because of overreacting. There are relationships now that are broken, that are hurting because they didn't take the time to reflect. There are people in prison right now because they didn't take the time to reflect. They acted out of anger. 
There are marriages that are broken because you don't reflect enough to see that that is the best man for your life. But you're too selfish in your own that you don't want to understand that. It is important to reflect. It is important to see what God is saying and what God is doing. Abigail had no control of the events that were set in place. She couldn't control. The ball was already in motion. But she did have control over her emotions. She had control over what she would do or what she wouldn't do. And if you don't control your emotions, this is not just for the women because I know some men that do not control their emotions. If you don't control your emotions, your emotions will control you. Reflection could lead you to rest. And I know your pastor has said, rest is trusting that the God who created the universe is more than capable of sustaining you and the world. And many times we think that when we're resting, the world is going ahead of us. And you think that you're taking 10 steps back. But in reality, God is preparing you. God has given you the strength because you're, not in a you're in a marathon and you've been running so fast and it's time to slow your pace. Because if you keep going at the pace that you're going through, you're not going to make the finish line. You're going to come short of the finish line. But when you reflect, but when you rest, but when you take time to hear from God, you may not get there when somebody else gets there, but you will get there. And isn't that what we're all trying to do? We're all trying to get there. We're so quick to react that when we come to our senses, now we live with regret because of what was said or what was done. So a wise person will find time to reflect. Queen Esther had that moment in her life when her uncle comes over to her and says, hey, listen, the Jewish, the, the Jewish nation is about to be abolished. Think about what you're going to do. She had to reflect and say, what are my options? Reflection helps you to understand your options. Reflection helps you to plan ahead. And when you're able to plan ahead, then you can execute your plan. But you cannot execute a plan that has not been created in the first place. Amen? Esther had to come to that terms of what do I do? And you know what? After she reflected, she said, you know what? Tell the people to pray. That was her moment of reflection. God, what do I do? Because if I go to the king right now, I can die. But that's where I need to be. I need to get to the king. So how do I get from here to there? She took a time of reflection and it became a time of prayer. A time to seek God. A time to shut, off, shut all the voices off and only hear God. And she was able to say, if I perish, then I perish. She got there because she reflected and she trusted in the God of her salvation. Now, there are many, many times where I look in the mirror and I reflect, especially December into January, right? Big year where we're all like resolutions. And I look in the mirror and I'm like, yeah, I could, I could afford to lose some, some weight. Yeah, yeah. I'm reflecting. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I could. Yeah. Hit the gym. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, the snack drawer. <laughs> I'm reflecting, but I'm not doing the right action to, um, to get the outcome that I want. And so reflection without action is in vain. And reflection without hearing from God and moving in the right direction is going to lead you to the wrong direction. And so if the first action is to reflect, then the second action is you need the courage to act. You've thought about the plan. God had that thing in your heart that you don't understand it, but it kind of makes sense in your heart. It needs to come out on paper. And then you need to follow what God said because you know what? People are going to try to deviate you from what God told you to do. Be careful who you talk to when God has given you something. So you, you act. Esther, uh, uh, um, Abigail said, okay, evil is coming. 
to my house. What did they want? What do I do? Wait a minute. He already said no. She found herself between a rock and a hard place. And she could have just said, well, you know what? He's the man. Then I'm going to say, I told you so. Right? What good is that going to do, ladies? Man, what good does that do when we want to play this I told you so game? And so she said, I'm going to act. Her action, her courage to act brought her to a place of sacrifice, of giving an offering, which is action number three. And I'm going quickly, but action number three, where it gets you to a place where you're going to sacrifice. When we talk about sacrifice at church, they're like, oh, it's all about money. You know what? It's, it's not all about money. No, the Bible tells us to give, and the Bible tells us to be obedient to God in our tithes and offering. And when you're obedient to God in your tithes and offering, God is only going to bless you. But it goes beyond that. I remember my son, uh, John, I have three boys. And my middle son um, came home from school. He goes, Mom, there's a little boy that always has the same sneakers. So he noticed because, you know, kids look. And he goes, I, I have like, I have an extra pair. Can I give them the sneakers? And I was like, Malik, I said, Jonathan, you know, that's really sweet of you. But, you know, God has blessed us. So why don't we go to the store and why don't you pick out a pair of sneakers and we'll bless him with it. And so sure enough, we go to the store and Jonathan's face was lit up from ear to ear. And he couldn't wait to give this kid a blessing. But he was willing to sacrifice because come on, if you're in fifth grade, you're not going to want to give up your sneakers. It was a sacrifice for him. But because of his sacrifice, God brought even a bigger blessing. And when you are able to sacrifice and give God what he's asking you to do, whether it's an offering, whether it's uh, look in your closet. You got this big baby shower thing, and I want more information on that. I'm taking that to my church. I think it's awesome. When we're able to give, when we're able to bless, I'm telling you, you're only going to get a bigger reward. And so what did she do? Verse 18 told, tells us that she took 200 loaves of bread, two skins of wine. She took sheep and this and, and roasted grain and, and 100 cakes of raisins and 200 cakes of pressed fig leaves and loaded them onto the donkey. And she said to the servant, hey, why don't you go ahead? She prepares this offering. She prepares this sacrifice. She was, because she reflected, she knew that she wasn't going to go with gold. Gold wasn't going to fill his belly. Right? She, because she reflected, she, had the, she found the answer to what the problem was. And so my mom has told me, and she told me, been married to be 25 years, Michelle, now in, this, in November. 25 years of marriage. Lord Jesus, God is good. But I remember my mom telling me, she goes, you know, honey, and I've always worked. And there were times when the kids were home, and so I, I was a, a, a mom at the house. And she was like, however it is, whenever you get home. And you have something to tell, especially when I was watching the kids and, and you know, it, it, kids and they're little and you don't get any sleep and you're exhausted. So, you know, let them come home. Let them, let them sit down. Let them take off his shoes. Let them take the crust out of his toes. <laughs> let them chill. Give him a good plate of food. Have good conversation. And after he's comfortable and he's well fed, then have the conversation. Right? But, hey, that, that advice has helped me because instead of arguments, we had conversations. Not that we don't have arguments, but, you know, God helps us. It helps us. We don't get to 25 that easy, but it's possible. Amen. So I can imagine David uh, get angrier and angrier as he walks. Have you done that? 
you're so mad, and you have, well, if she says this, I'm going to say that. And if she goes there, oh, I'm going to go there. And if she thinks she's going to get away with that, well, she's got something else coming to you. And then when you're in the conversation, it probably wasn't even the topic, but you made a big thing out of nothing because you were so upset. This is David. David finds himself like, oh, when I get to Nabal, he did not want to share his food. Well, I got to think for him. Watch, I'm not even going to let him speak. I'm going to take my sword, and I'm going to let my sword do the talking. He was getting madder and madder as he walked and as he walked. They, verse 21 says, it's been useless. All of my watching over this fellow's property in the wilderness so that nothing of his was missing. And he has paid me back evil for good. It's bad when you get hangry, people. He's, a, he's hungry. He's upset because he didn't get any food. And then he talks about himself like in the third person. May God deal with David. But that, that, okay. Be it so, be it ever so severely, if by morning I leave alive one male of all who belong to him. I mean, he was going to do business. He was not going to negotiate. He was not going to have a conversation. He was going to destroy. Abigail created her sacrifice. She presents herself. She comes down. And sooner than later, she's face to face with David. She had a choice. She could have gone on Latin on him. Mira que te pasa, tú estás loco, chico, pero que tú quieres. Right? We do that. We are like, we go from zero to 60. <laughs> Action number four, she humbled herself. A wise person will know to humble themselves in those moments. Be the bigger person. Be the better person. And this happens with our kids all the time. I've had to learn, Michelle, I've had to learn how to listen to my kids. Because since I'm the parent, I have all the answers, and I said so. Well, it doesn't work. And I had to learn to listen. If I was going to have a relationship with my kids after they were 18, 19, 20, I have one that's 24, and you know what? He'll pick up the phone and say, Mom, I messed up. And I'm like, well, you are, blah, blah, blah. no, no, no. I'm like, what happened, sweetheart? I let him speak. I, I listen. And there are times where I don't even answer. And he, yeah, there are times where he has messed up. And he does not need me to jump on him and remind him. That he just admitted that he messed up. Learn to listen to your children so that when you listen, then that's that moment of reflecting. God, this is a teaching moment. This is a teaching moment. I don't want to screw this up. And then you're able to go ahead and speak and humble yourself. I have humbled myself before my kids because I have gone in there speaking things and speaking to them as if I shouldn't. I would never speak to another kid that way. But I, speak, I have spoken to my children like that. And I've had, to, I've had to humble myself and go to that room and say, honey, I'm sorry. That's not who you are. That God did not call you to be what I said you were. You are blessed. You are an overcomer. You are more than a conqueror. So we humble ourselves. She ended up humbling herself, herself. She got off her donkey, and instead of yelling, she bowed before him. When you humble yourself, you're able to speak with wisdom. It all finds in you. Humble yourself, you speak with wisdom. They go hand in hand. Verse 24, she falls at his feet and said, Pardon your servant, my Lord, and let me speak to you. Hear what your servant has to say. Please pay no attention, my Lord, to that wicked man, Nabal. He is just like his name. His name means fool, and folly goes with him. As for me, your servant, I did not see the man the Lord sent. 
my husband has said this thing, and at first it used to bother me, but it was like, honey, it's not what you say, but it's how you say it. I said, well, if you would listen to me. No, 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 no. It's not what you say, it's how you say it. So you could be in the right, but if your tone and if your motives are wrong, it's not going to go anywhere. So humble yourself. Listen to your tone. Women, listen to your tone. Listen to how we speak. There was a time where, where I heard this lady. She was, you know, we know that, that women submit to your husbands. And listen, I live by that. Sometimes I don't like it, but I live by that. Because I know if I want my marriage to be blessed, I need to submit. And he knows how to love me, so it works out. It took a while to get there, but it works out. And so... <laughs> God, I was going to say because you guys laughed. I didn't expect you to laugh. <laughs> but it's not how we say it. It's, oh, there was this lady and she was, yeah, she was, she was reading um, women submit to your husband. She was like, women submit to your husbands because this is the right thing from the Lord. And I'm sitting there, I'm going, no, 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 no. That's not how God meant it. It bothered me. But then I hear my mom get up and she could read, you know, she could read the book of Numbers or she could read this one, begot this one, begot this one, begot this one. I'm like, oh, her tone, she has my attention. I want to hear what you say. And so Abigail understood that. She understood that this was not a moment of manipulation. She was not going to manipulate the situation. She was going to humble herself because her family was in danger. Verse 26 says, and now, my Lord, as surely as the Lord your God lives and as you live, since the Lord has kept you from bloodshed and from avenging yourself with your own hands, may your enemy, enemies and all who are intended on harming you and harming my Lord may be like Nabal. David hadn't changed his mind yet. Right? David is still upset. David is still going to kill. David is still going to destroy but when you humble yourself and when you speak with wisdom, man, you have the freedom to prophesy. You have this freedom to speak things into existence. You have, things to, you have the ability to speak things that, if, that aren't as if they were. And that's exactly what she did. She took a hold of that moment and she spoke. She reminded David of who he was. Abigail has captured his attention. The next action, a wise person, a wise woman, a wise man will forgive. Forgiveness is so important. And forgiveness is for you, not for that other person. You let God deal with the other person. But you know what? You want to you walk right. You want to enjoy your Shabbat. You want to enjoy your rest. Forgive. Because you can rest all you want. But if you have something against a brother or against somebody else, you're not going to be able to rest because the enemy has that on you. He has that over you. But when you're able to forgive and you go into your moment of rest, you rest. Verse 28. Please forgive your servant's presumption. The Lord your God will certainly make a lasting dynasty for you, my Lord, because you fight the Lord's battles, and no wrongdoings will be found in you as long as you live. Even though someone is pursuing you to take your life, the life of my Lord will be bound securely in the bundle of living by the Lord your God. But the lives of your enemies, will he will hurl away from the pocket of a sling. 
She takes the time to forgive. She takes the time to humble herself. She takes the time to speak. She takes the time to prophesy. In verse 30, she says, and when the Lord has fulfilled, has fulfilled for my Lord every good thing he's promised concerning him and has appointed him ruler over Israel, my Lord will not have his conscience the staggering burden of needless bloodshed. Because she was able to just reflect, have the courage to act, to make a sacrifice, to humble herself, to forgive. And action number six, she was willing to stand in the gap. She was willing to stand between her husband, who was a foolish man, and David, who was an angry man. She was willing to just go get on her donkey and say, you know what, just like Esther, if I perish, I perish, but at least I tried. But at least I obeyed God. And when you obey God, you might not see the reward. You may not see the outcome. But I can, I can promise you that the reward will come and will be there. Although your eyes will not see it, obedience pays off. She stood in the gap. She didn't sit back. She didn't just say whatever. She stood in the gap. And so today we are living in a world where we need to be watchmen for our families. We need to look at the towers and not just wait in the bottom. You can't see anything in the bottom. You got to get high. You got to go high up to look in the fields and see when the enemy is coming. You stand in the gap. How do I stand in the gap? Well, you know what? I have the answer for you. Prayer and intercession. You intercede. You pray. You get up in the morning early if you're a morning person or you stay late and pray if you're like me, because I don't like mornings. But I can stay up late. And so you find that time to intercede. You're ready to sound the alarm. You're ready to fight for your family. You're ready to fight for your promise. What has God promised you that you stopped believing for? What did God promise you that, he, that, that you stopped uh, uh, um, just thinking that it would happen. It could happen to somebody else, but it will never happen to me. No, no, no. The promise is yours. Claim it. Believe it. Decree it over your life. Stand in the gap for that promise. Stand in the gap for your marriage. Stand in the gap for your children. Do you know that God trusted you enough with them to give them to you in the first place? So don't give up on them because God will never give up on them. He gave them to you because you had something to learn through it and they had something to learn through it. Stand in the gap for this church. Stand in the gap for your, for, for in your workplace. Stand in the gap for your beliefs. Our faith is being questioned and it's being tried. Stand in the gap for what you believe in. And for who you believe in. What is it that you need to fight for? What do you need to stand in the gap? I pray the Holy Spirit brings it to your memory right now. If it's something that you forgot, I pray right now by the power of the Holy Spirit that he speaks into your heart and he speaks into your mind. And that you have to say, I will stand in the gap. Father, forgive me for not believing. But I stand in the gap and I believe you, God. It is worth it to stand in the gap. He sent his son, you know what, to stand in the gap for you and I. To die on the cross of Calvary for you and I. And number seven. And I think that, you know, how many have a toolbox at home? Right? You have hammers and you have screwdrivers and you have 
this and that and all that stuff, right? And you have a lot of tools. I don't have a lot of tools, but I do like a power drill. It makes me feel, makes me feel like I know what I'm doing. But you don't take a hammer to do the job of a screwdriver, right? Just like these actions. You don't act before you reflect. You don't live a life of, of unforgiveness when you can forgive. You don't give up and not stand in the gap. No, no. What tool do you need to use in your life? The last tool, the last action that the Lord showed me with this was rejoice. Because I think many of us don't rejoice. The Bible tells us that this is the day the Lord has made. I will. And what? And days go by and we don't find joy. We don't find gladness. You look back and you thought your son was still five and now he's 15. You don't enjoy the today. You don't enjoy the now that God has given you. So rejoice in the Lord. It's not always going to be great. But you can still rejoice. See, because the, the world didn't give you the joy. God did. And so regardless of the situation, regardless of the storm, regardless of the victory, regardless of whatever it is that you're going through, you have to get to that place in the morning where you say, I will rejoice in the Lord. In the evening, I will rejoice in the Lord. At night, I will rejoice in the Lord. So, Father, here we are again. You've spoken. And I pray that your word will not come back void. Lord, I pray that this is, a, this is a, 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 a word of encouragement, not a word of guilt. I come against the enemy that wants to rise, raise up guilt and say, well, yeah, you'd never be who that, that person. Or look at what you've done. We come against guilt. We come against bitterness. And we replace it with faith. Faith in you. I pray for every heart, Lord God, that is hurting. For every bad decision that we have made that we haven't let go and we haven't put it in your hands and said, Father, just forgive us. Turn this and make it good like, like you know how. Father, restore marriages, restore families, restore relationships. Help us to be who you have called us to be. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. If you want to just stand before the presence of the Lord and just take... Take a minute, take 60 seconds, have your conversation with God. You know what you need to ask for forgiveness for. You know what you need to stand in the gap for. You know what you need to act on. I don't, but the Holy Spirit is here, and as you speak to God, I know that he's going to do great things in your life. your way in our lives, oh God. Move in our hearts and in our lives. Today is a new day, a new chapter. We get to write the pages of our today and our tomorrow. We cannot write the past, but we can sure write our future. And I pray that you help us to be, Lord, who you have called us to be, that we rest in you, that we rest in your power. 
To rest is an act of faith. So even when we're tired and we think that it's only us, that we learn to trust you in this season. Now, I don't know if there's someone that would like to just have start a relationship with God. If you're here, I want you to raise your hand and say, you know what, I, I just want to start new with God, or I want, I want a relationship with God. Anyone here want to say, God, be the, God, be the boss of my life. Be the ruler of my life. We thank you, Holy Spirit. We thank you, Holy Spirit. Father, we pray for Pastor Zenzo as he rests. Help him to reflect on the vision of this house, of where you're taking impact. Give him new strength, new energy, fresh energy. In Jesus' name, amen. Were you blessed? Amen. Again, thank you so much for this opportunity. Pastor Michelle, you know I love you. I'm your biggest fan. I'm excited for what God is doing in your life and in, in this family. And so I pray that you're encouraged. I pray that you're blessed. I pray that you don't leave the same. And I pray that if you need to forgive and reflect and act and do all of these tools and rest, that you go ahead and do so in Jesus' name. So be blessed. Have a wonderful Sunday. And I'll see you out there if you want a book. God bless you.